You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan. Giants lose to the Eagles 33-25 on Christmas Day. Um, Merry I, Christmas. Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I feel that it was this was a fun game to thankfully be somewhat interesting and not be a total blowout. Um I don't know. I don't feel very emotionally charged from this game, and I feel like a bunch of other people do. Yeah, I mean, this game to me was similar to the Green Bay game, whereas once the game was going, I stopped thinking about everything else in the world and was just like, can we win a game? And unfortunately, my sense of this game, the entire game was, Philly is in a funk right now. They've been in about a month-long funk. They played down to us wasn't like we were playing well or anything. They played down to our level. And the second they had any sort of focus, the second they had any sense of, you know, ambition or or actually playing well, they were clearly a better team than us. We were fortunate that they were half asleep and just playing poorly for most of this game. So, you know, hey, when you're that close to beating a team that you hate more than others and we want to end you know, lots of streaks that are going on. I mean, my God, they mentioned that, uh, you know, that first, first four drives thing about us. I mean, they read that more times than I read a porno in high school. It was ridiculous. I mean, who cares already? But, um, yeah, just, you know, just that's just the way this season has been. And, unfortunately, that nothing has really gone our right, right this year, whether it's been our fault or not. And it seems like it's just going to continue to the final gun at the last game in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I just don't care. Um, I, I uh, like you, you know, was just kind of watching the game for the game because that's how I watch football. Uh, I root for teams to win. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I maybe it's just me. I don't think that there's anything major to be extrapolated from the rest of the season. I know that there's not nothing to look at. I mean, there's certainly specific things to look at, but uh, it, it feels like a lot of other people have, like, Big things to draw conclusions from here, you know, quarterback-wise, coaching-wise. I, I didn't really, I don't know. I, I felt like I was just watching a fun game of football. Uh, we're, we're here now, looks like we'll be drafting at the uh, fifth spot again. I thought people were going to be happy that we were moving up on the draft boards again. <laughs> Nobody's ever happy about anything. It doesn't nope. matter. We can't win. We're not allowed to win. We're not allowed to lose either because we look bad. Even though we didn't look bad, they looked bad. I don't understand. Um, so nobody's happy. I'm happy. I, I I got an exciting game. It's it's a it's a cry and shame that it ended the way it did because, um, and, and I want to start getting into specifics here. But it, it it didn't it didn't end in a way that felt very fair, and it felt like. Both halves ended on really, really weird clock management by the officials, both times. Um, and and you know I'm not going to absolve the Giants. The Giants certainly made both situations awkward and 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 
unconventional. Uh, so at the end of the first half, Giants tackling Jalen Hurts were punching at the ball. The ball came out after he was down kind of clearly. Bobby Okereke was scrambling to hold on to the ball and didn't want to let it go, acting like it was a fumble. They flagged them for a delay of game, essentially giving the Eagles a free timeout when Jalen Hurts did something really stupid. Now, it's not a total bailout. You know, Bobby Okereke definitely did something, but it also is sort of like a judgment call. That sort of thing happens all the time. Uh, on that play in particular, did you have any sort of strong opinion? Because I, I, that was kind of odd. I don't want to say it was bullshit, but it was odd. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we always complain about guys like play to the echo of the whistle, play to the play is over. And Okereke did that. It was just unfortunate that it seems like whenever there's 15 seconds or left in a game that everybody loses their friggin' minds, whether it's officials, players, coaches, scoreboard uh, operators, you name it. And it's just one of those things where they just feel because it's the end of a half or end of a game, people just can't stop, take their collective breaths and review what happened and make a judgment call and make the right call. So that's all it was about that. And it's just, I didn't think too much about it at the time. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't have a strong opinion on that one. The second one, I, I think, I, I still don't have a clear understanding on. And you know, I, th- I think we're probably going to be talking about the the final drive of this game for a while. But uh, two interesting things on that one. So the, the clock management aspect of it was the first one. Um, Darren Waller made a pretty incredible catch on third, and I want to say something like twelve or, or like twenty or something like that. A fingertip catch. Landed kind of on his back shoulder um, and got up kind of slowly, even though they were in a no timeout situation. He had landed in bounds. Uh, other players had kind of like, you know, helped him. He got the ball over to the official on the sideline. And what I don't understand is in that scenario, the official's job normally, I thought, and this is not coming from a place of um, intelligence. This is what I've just observed over the years. So I don't know. Maybe you researched this. He gave it to the official on the sideline. That official did jack squat with the ball. Normally, I always see them sprint over to the umpire who has to be the one to place the ball. The umpire was standing at the spot waiting for the ball delivery, and the official on the sideline didn't do anything with the ball. Sometimes they throw it to the umpire. No, he handed it to Saquon Barkley to run over. It was the most bizarre fucking thing I've ever seen. Which I've never understood anyway. I don't understand why it's the official's job to race to get the ball back to get more plays. I've never understood when you have an offense, you know, especially in college, who run these super fast-paced offenses, why the officials are racing because they want to go fast. And, you know, the game is the game. And they should have to race to give an offense another play, an- another play, another play. What you do, is, officials should be consistent throughout a game. You don't call, you know, in basketball, you don't decide to not call a foul because he's got four fouls and a fifth will give him five. The same thing with this. Like, I don't understand the need to be rushing. So I wasn't so upset about the official part of it. No, I, I no, I, I, I don't think I could have disagreed with anything you've ever said on this show more. The official, the, the ball, you should be able to run the play the moment that you are lined up. 
There should be no delay in your team's ability to line up because the ball isn't properly placed in time. So if you are running up to the line of scrimmage, you have every right to run a play the moment that you are ready to run one. If the ball's not in place because the officials didn't get the ball there in time, then that's that's horseshit in my opinion. You have the entire scope of the clock yeah, to but, operate. But that's chicken or the egg, though. I mean, what happens first? Is the ball is the ball put in play by the officials and then you go, or just because you're ready to go, it doesn't mean anything. But, but that's official, my point. Then yes, you are not. Official, yes, the official has to place the ball first. Therefore, it's right. their job to get it there as soon as possible at all times, always. Their job should be to get the ball in, ready to be played at all times, very quickly, always. Then why don't they race every single play and every single drive? To well, there's that? there's don't. no need to race if they're not racing to get lined up. But if the team is getting ready to get lined up and it's now the officials' delay that they can't get a snap off, then that's a problem. That's the point I'm making. You have a team that's ready to run a play, but they can't because the official didn't get the ball there in time. Now, I understand that officials are human and they can only run at their own speed. That's not what I'm complaining about here. I'm not complaining about the NFL employing a 75-year-old man that can't get things moving. I'm complaining about an official that just flat out refused to do it, and I don't understand why. And I don't even understand why there was no... When, when Fox did get to the replay of the issue, they showed the moment that... You know, Darren Waller for all of like so like Daryl Johnson kept saying it's like oh 10 seconds ran off, 10 seconds ran off the clock. They show the replay, they show only the two and a half seconds it takes Darren Waller to realize that he's not moving with a sense of urgency, and then he hands the ball over. What happened the other eight seconds? I don't understand. What, what, what I saw in that, and again, Fox did a horrible job. I mean, they clearly covered this game half-assedly. I mean, for a game, it's a national game. I, I expect better coverage than they did, but I saw a bunch of guys coming off the side like like we were trying to make substitution things on it. Like, why are people coming off the sidelines and back on the sidelines if we're, if there are that much time left? If you're doing that, we're clearly not ready to snap the ball. It just again, it reminded me of the Buffalo game. Like, it was a situation where we need to be prepared to know exactly what we're going to do at every second. And you can blame that on Tyrod Taylor. I'm blaming that on the coaching staff where. This should be prepared. You know exactly what you're doing in that situation. And I just saw it when they showed live. All of a sudden, three guys were coming off the sideline. I'm like, what are we doing? Why are people coming off the sideline? Why are we substituting? Um, well, I'm not sure if a lot of that had to do with potentially lining up there to just get a kickoff because they weren't doing anything. If they were potentially just trying to run special teams out there. And, and I, I'm not going to blame. I'm trying to not... I don't know who to blame. Normally in this situation, you hand the ball to the official, the official gets the ball to the spot, you spike the ball. I don't know what happened for eight seconds. So I'm not, I want to blame, I mean, part of me wants to blame coaching because why are you not prepared for, you know, your guys aren't ready on the sideline, you're not ready to move, what happened? You're not ready in a two-minute drill or don't you practice this? So part of me wants to blame coaching. Part of me wants to blame Tyrod Taylor because, just as you said, this last happened in the Buffalo game when he was also at quarterback and shit went fucking bananas. Sorry, I, I got to control myself. But I, part, of, part of me wants to blame Tyrod Taylor as well. But I can't ignore the fact that I don't even know what happened to, to cause an eight-second delay. That, that just doesn't have – when is the last time you've ever seen that? I mean normally you always see that people just sprinting to get the ball to the spot and instead you know, a player who didn't even have the ball was being handed the ball to run it over there. It was just so weird and I, it's not – again, I'm, I'm not no trying urgency, to – It just sounds like no urgency from anybody. I mean the play happened. Usually you just see a mad sprint to get – you know, and I, I, it just seemed like 
No, I, I think it was just Darren Waller is the only one that didn't have any hurt. Because you had Darius Slayton run over and pick his ass up and drag him over to the official. I mean, it really looked like he... I mean, the Eagles players have no sense of urgency. There's no reason no, for them to. But uh, you're right. There were, I mean, there were people coming off the sideline. I don't know what the hell that was about. But, I mean, it was mass confusion because I well, didn't understand why the ball was not being brought to its spot. It was just... I hate to harp on it, but I just... That's the thing that is just confusing to me. I don't know what happened. The Eagles got to show urgency because otherwise they'll be offside, so you give them five more yards. So they, they have to be urgent to get back. Well, those players, up. yeah. But, I mean, the players who made the tackle, I mean, all they have to do is stand up. They're right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the Tyrod Taylor and, and Tommy DeVito thing. Um, sure. Uh, I, I, too much. Too much is being made of this, in my opinion. Both of these quarterbacks are not starting quality. I don't think that there's a huge thing to be made of this – coaching decision one way or another. I don't think that this harkens back to, oh, if you had made this decision two weeks ago and this, that, and the other. First of all, Tyrod Taylor was is not where he was two weeks ago, just coming back from, just being medically cleared from four broken ribs. Hadn't been playing football or moving normally in weeks, okay? I mean, like, there's that whole other thing. This is a different decision. This was a mid-game decision. And also... They're at the point now where they're just sort of operating on a game-by-game basis. Um, This may be a thing where they change quarterbacks at halftime again in the next two games. It's it's totally possible. But it doesn't matter is the thing. Here's the thing is that several things can always be true at the same time. And I think people are – everything is so black and white with them that it has to be this, has to be that, and – you know, everything else is wrong or it makes no sense. Tommy DeVito is starting right now because they want to see what he can be. Is he someone we want to invest time, money, effort, energy to potentially be a backup quarterback in this league? However, because of circumstances, the way this game was being played out, we had the potential to win a game. A game, not just a game, not just the Packers, not just, you know, if it was the Chargers, a team that we hate, a team, a division rival, a team that the fan base and the media are extra loud about when we lose, a a, a team where we have a long losing streak against, you know, they said it a hundred times, how many times we've lost at the link, all those different things. You have the opportunity there. And quite frankly, because Tommy DeVito is playing, we have with the exception of um, the Green Bay game, we have next to no passing offense with this guy at this time. And the decision was made with a potential victory possibly in our grasp because of the way Philly was playing and partially the way we were playing, we could possibly win this game with even the threat of a passing game. And the decision was made, period. That's all. There's no 4D chess being played here. There's no conspiracy theories. There's no thinking about next year or 2020 or the price of tea in China. This was, at this moment, give me the guy who at least puts a little fear of a passing game in and maybe he can execute. Now, Grump and I both agree. Tyrod Taylor stinks. Tyrod Taylor is not a smart quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. But that does not mean that at that moment he wasn't the best option to win this game right now. So to the coaches, I think they made the right decision to put a little spark into this offense, put a guy in. You know, someone, again, 
I don't know how much Philadelphia prepared for Tyrod Taylor, but I am not changing any thoughts I had before or after this game because of the results of a decision to play him for that, and neither should anybody else. And at the end of the day, people, we are talking about a position that will be solved next year with the return of Daniel Jones. This We're talking about someone who might be the potential backup down the line versus a guy who 99.9% of the time will not even be here next year. So a lot of ink is being spilled about a topic that just doesn't matter. And having positions about it, you're dying on a hill for it. It just seems like a waste of your energy and your breath. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I think a lot of people are trying to extrapolate more of a coaching decision thing out of it than really than I think it is. I, I don't want to say that I'm right, I guess, but it doesn't. I, I don't think that it, it. I still think that this goes back to this was the smartest thing to do all along. Um, if you, they were in a situation where they had to roll with Tommy DeVito due to injury. He was the only quarterback really on the roster. That's what they had to do. When Tyrod Taylor was ready to come back, I had made the point that it, we've seen what Tommy DeVito, an inexperienced, doesn't belong on an NFL field yet, quarterback looks like when he doesn't get a full week of game prep. Like, we know what that looks like. He can't come off the bench in relief. That's not what you have in him right now. It's just not who he is. But Tyrod Taylor is a veteran. He can come off the bench in relief, and we saw it in this game. They needed to make a change. Their game plan in this game was they were afraid of Philadelphia's pass rush. Pass rush. They were going to try and neutralize it. They were going to try and hit some quick hitters, some quick slants. They were going to do a lot of wide receiver screens, some running back screens. It didn't work. It wasn't working in the first half. And quite frankly, the pass rush wasn't really the biggest problem. They didn't trust Tommy DeVito to keep his head up and make quick decisions. He's not good at making quick decisions yet. He's a little slow. He knows he throws in the right spot, but he's late all the time. Tyrod Taylor, he's not going to throw the ball nearly as accurately. Tommy DeVito is pretty accurate for a quarterback. Tyrod is a little all over the place. He's very inconsistent. He's short-armed Saquon, who was wide open for a huge gain. It turned out to be a third down that they couldn't convert. He also hasn't played in weeks and weeks and weeks too, so yeah. it'd be understandable as well. Yeah, but I mean, just it. But I think it just is with the two quarterbacks. You're flipping a coin over two bad quarterbacks here. You're not making this great decision like it's super obvious. You've got one who knows what to do, but plays incredibly recklessly and isn't that good of a thrower. The other one is a good thrower, but doesn't process the NFL field properly yet and gets panic feet when things fall apart around him. Both decisions suck, you know, and so if a coach is going to flip-flop between them, I'm not going to make, especially since neither one of them could be here next year, or if Tommy DeVito is here, he may even be here just because financially it made no difference to have him here or not. You know, I think extrapolating too much of Brian Dable's thought process behind this, it it's dangerous thinking. It, it's going too far. I think you hit it nail right on the head. This was Tyrod was always going to be the guy that had a better chance of helping you out coming off the bench, and that's exactly what happened. They brought him off the bench because they thought they could win a game, and they almost did. Yeah, and guess what? You know, we, we just spent five minutes talking about things that you know may not have happened. We might have won this game too. And Tom and uh, Tyrod Taylor's a hero, and you know, sure, but you know. This is the 2023 New York Football Giants. 
and what happens. Um, was there anything else coaching wise you wanted to talk about? Um, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, again, I, I think this game was more of a question that, than Philly being bad than us being good. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I saw, I think our talking giants had a poll today about, you know, bringing up Mike Kafka and saying, should Mike Kafka could be back. And I saw some rumbling, some people about, well, you know, giving him a little bit of heat again. And it's just like, again, a reminder, bring everything back. We're talking about Tommy DeVito versus Tyrod Taylor. That is what's running this offense right now. If you're extrapolating that we need to have a change in an offensive coordinator based on these two guys running the offense, I think your priorities are out of whack a little bit. So that that's kind of it. I guess maybe I don't know, special teams or something. Do you want to talk about that at all? Or uh, no, no. I mean, special teams was its usual bad. Uh, yeah. We keep we keep trying to do cute things to make something good, and, and I'm I'm not going to. Uh, I I think you nailed it. Look, if I have anything to say about coaching in this game, is that I I still feel very good about my coaching situation. Um, this is a game that should not be close. This is a, a an away game in a very hostile environment. Um, in front of a very charged up crowd on Christmas Day. A a game that Philadelphia had everything on the line for. They have every reason to win this game. The Giants have nothing to play for really at this point. Had they won last week, I would take that argument out, but they didn't. They didn't win last week. So they really didn't have much to play for in this game. Um and they didn't quit again. They, they didn't, didn't quit again. again they didn't quit. I mean it came down to the very end you have guys playing you know i don't want to say like playing their hearts out whatever you know what i mean but like this is a, this is not a team that quit I, I the but here's the downside thing i didn't love the quote from wink martindale um that their defense and he's not wrong but this this idea that the defense has to play better than the other team's offense and their defense um Maybe it's just like the media reporting of it. It feels like a slight to the offense. And it's just so stupid to me. I mean, like, of course, dude, of course. Like, this isn't this isn't a situation like San Francisco where, you know, your quarterback just gets hurt and that's the only problem. You know what I mean? Like, quarterback got hurt and the offensive line was bad to begin with. Like, this wasn't a great team that has to overcome a quarterback injury. This was a team that was going to struggle anyway. We saw it week one. We knew what this offense was, and then they had their quarterback get hurt. Yes, the defense has to carry it. Sucks to suck. I, I don't know what to tell you. But, I mean, for all their busting, the defense didn't play that goddamn great in this game. I, I mean... I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to to compare offense to defense because I think it's unfair. But the defense didn't really play lights out or anything like that. And I know they got a pick six, but Dallas Goddard slipped and fell. I mean that wasn't yeah, opportunistic great play. But like you know they played fine. They played good. They they Wink Martindale has yet to hold the Eagles to less than thirty, other than the the fake game that they weren't really trying to win anyway. And this is, this is an Eagles team that's been kind of scuffling lately, too. So, you know, yeah, I, th- that type of stuff, you know, traditionally just doesn't bother me. I don't care what these guys say normally. I think, but now that we're looking for things and we're looking for, 
you know, the tea leaves and we're trying to do Da Vinci Code with everything that's said that, aha, that's another little split between the two and everything. Um, if this is a normal season and a comment's made like that, I think it just goes over anybody's head. So Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that that's all it is because to me, like, like I said, like if that really was meant to be a dig, I think it's silly because, yes, of course – Yes, that's what has to happen when ben, when bad things happen. <laughs> let's re- let's remember something too. These quotes happen right after games. I mean, I think they were saying how um, Dable came into the press conference and he was sweating and he was all you could like they could just tell that he was just had said something fiery or emotionally in in, in the locker room right before he came out and spoke. So you are that's why we do this show a day late. Because we want to have kind of clear heads and coherent things to say and thought out things. If we did this show last night at you know 7.30 p.m., it'd be a whole different tenor, whole different takes. A lot of things we probably would regret we said in the first place. But no, they don't do a press conference 24 hours later. I mean, players are still in their jockey shorts. These guys are, you know, just getting out of addressing their team. And we're at week... 16 or whatever we are now where everybody's tired of all of this shit. So I give a lot of passes for this stuff. I mean, I I, I am not in the deciphering business. You know, if people want to take that and use it for your, your Monday morning hot takes and stuff, that's fine. But I'm just not going to get too worked up about it. Yeah. But didn't he have that quote before the game? Was that after the game, the quote? No, they reported on it in the middle of the game, like in the first quarter. Pam Oliver reported it. Oh, I thought it was a post-game quote. No, he, he, he said that he said that beforehand. Uh, I don't know. The, the only thing is I don't know if it was said post-game the last week or if it was said pre-game this game. But I, I know it didn't happen after this game. I mean, it, it's just... He's 100% right, um, but I, I just yeah. – I hate this idea that the defense is absolutely carrying as if, like, if only the offense was fantastic, this – or if only the offense was somewhat competent, this was a shoe-in. Like, the defense in the second drive allowed two fourth-down conversions, um, and they allowed a fumbled snap on third and three to be converted into a first down on a throw to a guy who has not yet made an NFL catch. So, I mean, like – that's just one example. Like that's just one drive. This, there, this, like this defense this year has been completely outclassed by really good teams. Yes. Now I wouldn't say completely outclassed, but I would say that this was this was a good battle between a good year, a sorry, good deep over the course of the year. Right, right, right. But I'm I'm talking about this game. I thought mm-hmm. defensively this was a battle between a good defense and a good offense. And I yeah. thought that this was a decent result. You know, yes, they gave up 33. They also had the pick six. I think it's pretty good for playing against one of the best teams in the league. Regarded how on a skid, whatever you want to say, they're healthy right now, ish, and they are one of the best teams in the league. Defensive performance was fine. I was okay with it. I was good I, I, with it. I think the defense took advantage of the blah parts of the game by Philly. I thought yes, when Philly absolutely. to ratchet up. All of a sudden, Philly could do whatever they wanted to. Do. I mean, I think the offense took took advantage of. The opportunities that they were given, for the most part, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. it gets I mean, some turnovers in the red zone. It's the, the third yeah. down rate wasn't very good on the defense. Uh, you know, they didn't stop no. on fourth down. I know nobody can stop that on fourth down, but yeah, it was all right. I mean, it doesn't get a start, doesn't get a fart. The defense, yes, yeah, and that's how I feel. 
Um, I, I do think that if this was a competent offense, this is a much better game. Um, I, it I, would, we, it, I, think, I honestly think we would have won this game. If, if Daniel Jones is the quarterback of this team, I think we win this game. Could be. Yeah, yeah. Philly's in a very – they're a little wonky right now, and they could be picked right now. And I think if we have a, a starting quarterback where, again – you don't have to load up so much on, on the running game or not fear so much about the passing game. Again, I don't need Joe Montana to win this game, but if Daniel Jones is out there, the way that game kind of folded out, I think we would have won that game. So, I mean, I don't really have anything more to say on the Giants in this game. You know, um, I, I didn't think that there were any particularly awful performers. I, oh, one thing with the defense I did mention, wanted to mention, tackling was horrendous. If I had to pick, like, one okay. thing, it would, the tackling was just absolute garbage in this game. Other than that, Cordell nothing. It's pretty bad too. I thought Cordell, Cordell Flott is. I don't think he's a fit for the slot. I feel like I've said it ad nauseum, so uh, I didn't want to harp on that. Especially Devontae Smith might be one of the best slot receivers. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, weird. Yeah. But it, they don't have a slot guy right now, so whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I, I, do you want to do just like yeah? Can we just talk five minutes on Philly? Please. I. What do you what do you think of them right now, honestly? Like, are they are they just like they just need to get hot, or like, are they not what they were last year? What do you think? What's what does the NFL look like to you right now? <laughs> the NFL to me looks like a <laughs> it's weird. It's just really you know I think there's I think there's four or five really good teams that too often, whether it's one game or a series of games, play down to their opponent's level, and then they get burnt. I mean, San Francisco last night, four four turnovers and a quarterback getting hurt are rarities. That that game was played 10 times. That scenario probably doesn't happen. And you don't see, you know, being blown out by, uh, by Baltimore. Kansas City is – they had that same funk last year. Remember when we played Kansas City? They were coming off a of funk like that and even – you know, uh, Mahomes was kind of like... I think they were kind of hurt, too, like yeah, when we played. It was early on. There was something wrong with them. Like, they weren't right. Even when we played against him, he wasn't his normal self. Right. Um, I just think this is a league now where, you know, I think seven teams win the Super Bowl right now. Because I, I just don't think that... it. I, I, it's getting more and more like baseball, where just if you're a great team, you're going to have a stinkeroo. And we've seen it, everybody, you know, this when you're ready to crown Dallas, they look terrible. You're ready to crown San Francisco, yesterday happens. Baltimore's going to get their accolades right now. But, you know, are they going to go the next, you know, two months and look great? Probably not. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of this league. I, I really don't. It's, it's the days of, well, Dallas and San Francisco are head and shoulders about everybody else. And, you know, New, in New England being head and shoulders, those days are gone. And I don't know if it's just because of the extra game and, it, you know, teams are more worn out. You know, the injuries to, you know, majority of these quarterbacks, injuries to the offensive lines, uh, more and more people playing on not regular schedules. It's not just Sunday and maybe Monday, but, you know, this week we had teams playing on, you know, on Saturday, on, on Sunday, on Monday, next week with New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Things are all crazy again. That just people just can't get in routines. I don't know what it is, but just the quality of the league is just not nearly as good to me as it has been in the past. I find that interesting. Um, 
you you describe the league as evening out, and yet the quality is getting worse. I, wouldn't yeah. you say that that makes it for better, more entertaining games if things are evened out? Scores being closer, but the quality I don't think is as good. I don't think we're. I mean, I could watch. Well, I mean, like, you know, like in, in the in the old days, with with just massive gaps in talent, you. I mean, I don't know. Every game felt like every week felt like there was like one of those Miami seventy to nothing games. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but I mean, the I just think the play was better then. I, maybe because like the rules are different now, and you know, people, you know, people don't tackle the way they used to. The way they practice now, they don't practice tackling, and they don't hit as much during during practice. So I, I think I think that sloppy. overall, yeah, I, I think that shit has gotten. Yeah, it, it, things are sloppier. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't think that it's. I think that people forgot what bad football is. I don't think I don't think anyone knows what bad football is anymore. I, I think the word bad is. Somebody said, was it Zach Rosenblatt? Zach Rosenblatt is a professional writer and said the Chiefs might be bad. You're a writer, and the adjective you use for the Chiefs is bad. They're bad. They might be flawed. They might be less than expected, underwhelming. They might be average. There's a lot of adjectives you could use. Bad, they are not. They are going to the playoffs, and they will make noise in the playoffs. They're not bad. People people keep using very crazy – bad football uh, – bad football is like Division One AA. That's bad football. There's bad football and there's bad teams, and they are not a bad team. If Kansas City were to play the Giants this week, they're probably favored by ten points, and they probably cover. It, it is, un- yeah. I, I think that there is um, sloppier football for sure. I don't think it's necessarily worse or, or anything like that. I think it. Um, the highlights are more. Um, what do you want to say? Follies than they are. Um, yeah. Big I, plays. I think, so. I think there's certain things in this league that are better. I think kicking is better. I think. I think. Oh my God! Yeah. Better. Wide receiver, yeah. The catching ability is insane. The toe tapping ability is bananas now. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I also think a lot of it also is the rules have changed to make such an advantage so much more for offense and defense that you know scoring isn't going to go up. You know that's that's just a that's a fact. You you give a receiver an advantage over a defender. You know, you you don't you don't put the fear of God in your head cut off if you go over the middle if you you know relax the rules you know make it harder you know to defend there's gonna be more scoring and uh offenses are are designed differently now that they're they're encouraging more downfield play and more wide openness um it's just you know i don't know there's just something about that though just the the game itself it's just isn't as clean maybe as it was yeah yeah um yeah, I, I honestly think that it has everything to do with the CBA. Um, if mm-hmm. I don't really want to go into a rant about it because, you know, whatever. But um, get, getting back to it, I, I, I think that I agree with you. I think that Philly is not nearly as good as they were last year. I've, I said that from the beginning. I felt like it was going to go that way. I think that we see that for sure. I also think that this skid we're seeing is like one of those things where – they just need to fire on all cylinders. Like they just need to get their shit together. They need to focus. I don't think. I felt yesterday. It's exactly. Yeah. Yesterday. It's like this team is not firing. Then all of a sudden they have a drive where, oh, 
Now they're firing. Yep. That's the Philly I'm afraid of. I mean, honestly, it's like silly, weird things. Like Jalen Hurts doing dumb stuff. Like bad snaps from Jason Kelsey. And like, I mean, that that, that third down, I... Yeah. That's a a classic example of just your head's up your ass. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's just... That's just stupidity right there. Um, They've had different coaches. And I would even say, like, Jalen Hurts, just in general in this game, was just not – he was not super sharp. Uh, He was missing guys a little bit left and right too. Uh, I do think that they will get hot and they will be better come chips actually on the table. Like, I know I said that they had everything to play for in this game, but they are going to the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, they were 10-4. and They're not going to lose so many games. Like – yeah, they shouldn't take their foot off the gas or anything like that. But, like, this was not a win-or-go-home moment for them or anything like that. It just no, meant a lot more for them than it did for us. Like, I, th- I think they won a home game because I, I think they, they want to win that division. They no kidding. I'm not saying they yeah, don't want yeah, that. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying, yeah. like, if, yeah, chips on the table, I, I think that their shit will be I together. Think I think it's important that you win this division. I don't think you want to go on the road. I mean, we've, we've already talked about Dallas home versus away, what they are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you know it, it's very, very important to uh, to do that. They're not looking at it as well. We're in already. I think they they're pushing to get in the, to, to get that home field for the first game. Um, around the league, I still think San Francisco is the shit. Uh, Dallas, I think is. I don't think they're fake. I think they're more consistent than Philly. I think that I think that Dallas is in a better spot than Philly. They're a better team than they were last year, and Philly's a worse team than they were last year. I think that both teams are not nearly as good as San Francisco. I think that. I think I think San Francisco had bad luck last night. I yeah, yeah. Two of those picks were, were, were. They're not the result of you know that's a bad quarterback making a bad play. Those are bad luck. He said he, they said he got a stinger again. He may not have been one hundred percent healthy before the game. That, so none of this really changes my opinion about them. They still have all sorts of talent offensively and defensively. They're going to have most likely home field. The, also, uh, they, they, they just they get a mulligan. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, they've, they've shown enough to show me that, like, this is not a thing where I fear a cascade of this event going week Trump, after week after week. Trump, if I'm going to have two sides of the equation, are they great or are they overrated? My one side of evidence is they beat Dallas. They beat Philly. They beat all these teams. They beat the shit out of all these teams. And the other side is, hey, one game they lost at home to, to Baltimore, who is also really good. Probably the second best team in the league. Right. And played a near flawless game. Yeah. So um, what's really interesting to me is I, I think Cleveland might be like way better than I thought. I think yeah. for a team that's had used five quarterbacks this year to be as good as they are. It's Pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, I'm having trouble like figuring out if that's like the no one's paying attention to them and they're just playing spoiler, or if they really are good. I, I can't really tell. <laughs> what do you think about the Lions? That's another team to me. It's kind of like I think the Lions are good and they're slipping a little bit. Like I think they're on the same track as the Eagles, where like I think when they have their shit together, their shits together. Um, the bigger problem is that Jared Goff is just not as good as Jalen Hurts. He's stiff yeah. as a board and just as inconsistent throwing the ball. The difference is that Jalen Hurts is very athletic. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, when they're firing, Detroit is the scariest team to me. 
I, I, like when they're firing on offense, they are like it's terrifying. It reminds me of the Rams from when they won the Super Bowl, where it was just like every play was like a, a twelve yard gain. It was like unfucking real. You couldn't stop anything. That's how I feel about San Francisco. When they're firing to me, they they're frightened because you know you yeah. got McCaffrey, you got you know you you got the tight end, you got IU, you got you know all these things happening, and I see so much of. You know, Stetson Bennett in the quarterback, or guy who just doesn't make mistakes. Yes, or notwithstanding, but I mean, just a smart guy and uh, a, a well coached. You know, a good offensive line, and then you see on defense all these guys they got. And when they're firing, to me, they are the most frightening team in the league. And I think I don't even think it's even close. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think there is still the thing is that uh Brock Purdy is still Brock Purdy to me like yeah, he operates that offense very very well but he'll he'll always be Brock Purdy to me so well not I don't want to say that he's currently still just Brock Purdy to me I, I gotta see more from that that's okay yeah. I, I'd, I'd rather be a guy who has to be proven it than just make these oh the last thing I saw yeah. is the way it is and that's that's fine yeah I, uh-huh. I wish you know something there's a whole cottage industry of TV shows that I wish would do what you just said as opposed <laughs> to just the last thing they say, just going insane about it. Um, I think that's kind of like the most interesting stuff around the league. I don't know. Is Buffalo like for real? I, I think it would be remarkable for them to make noise given what they've already lost injury-wise with like Milano and White and uh, didn't they lose somebody else like just – like I just think week. I Epinesa's like not playing or something. I just think they're just an average team. Hmm. I mean, I think I think a lot of, I think a majority of the teams in this league are just kind of average teams that you know, they may punch above their board and, and maybe beat somebody a little better. Wouldn't be shocked if they lose to someone worse than them. It just there's a lot of this in the league, just kind of in the middle. And just because you have the name, just because your name says Buffalo or Minnesota or someone that's you know. You think to be a contender, and or the, the Giants even, and yeah. we now have 15, 16 games of evidence to say they're not who you thought they were. They are who they are. I've got nothing further on this game. Uh, the Giants will be hosting the LA Rams on Sunday. We will have our episode Friday morning previewing that. I think. Are you away? Uh, I, I am right now in sunny Florida, but I will be available to do the show. We also have tickets available to, if anybody's interested in buying them. We will not be – Grump, you're not able to go. No, I'm not able to go to this one. I am not. I am flying home back to New York during the game, so hopefully – or not hopefully that the game will be on the, on the plane. But um, if you're interested in buying our tickets – you know where to find us on socials. Grump, tell us where we are. At football underscore Grump on Twitter, at the Cranky Fan. Uh, Cranky's the one with the tickets, so you'll probably want to hit him up, but you can hit me up and I, I'll get his attention if needed. Um, and, of course, be sure to tell a friend about this show, Just Giants, on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and um, I already said YouTube. Um, and YouTube. And yeah. YouTube also. And uh, we will see you guys Friday morning. Until then, go Giants. Go Giants.